What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago. While we wait for our new city council and mayor to be sworn in May 15th, business continues down in Springfield as lawmakers are more than halfway through the current legislative session. So I'm checking in with our go-to for all things state capital, and I'm just a bill. WTTW reporter Amanda Venicky. It's Monday, April 24th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago's talking about. Amanda, welcome back to CityCast. I always love being on with you, Jacoby, and I say that very sincerely. Oh, I know you do, because you keep coming back. We're on like nine <laughs> or ten times over the last couple of years you and I have sat down. But the reason being is because you do such a fantastic job covering what is coming out of the state capitol. And this week, Mayor-elect Brandon Johnson made his way down to Springfield to start, you know, sort of bumping elbows uh, with the, the lawmakers. He's hoping to have a good relationship as he moves in. How did that visit to Springfield go for the mayor-elect? Well, we have to see the returns on his investment of time to really have a good answer to that. But um, by all means, it was really successful. Uh, you saw a lot of standing ovations for a joint address, which, by the way, is not something that Lightfoot did before the House and the Senate. So that's something that's pretty somewhat rare and special. The, the standing ovations, I would really have to go back and count. But more than, I believe, Governor J.B. Pritzker received when he gave his joint state of the state mm. and budget address. So it was very well received on the Democratic side of the aisle. Uh, we can perhaps get into less so, unsurprisingly, on the GOP side. What we don't know also, by the way, Jacoby, is, a like I said, return on investment. And also, we don't know what went on in private meetings. Yeah. This is pretty darn early. So presumably, it's glad handing, saying hi, circumstance nice right to we don't know what specific asks he made and if any sort of guarantees or promises were made. Presumably, it'd be too early for any of that, but it is not too early to say that the negotiations have to begin if he's going to capitalize on this feeling of momentum and goodwill, the honeymoon period, if mm -hmm. you will, and further, if he's going to get any of that implemented before the legislature adjourns. Do you think his ability to lean on past relationships with like current House Speaker Emmanuel Chris Welch, the fact that he was an elected official, even though it was just 2018 on the Cook County Board of Commissioners, having run for office, having met with some of those legislators, some of those representatives before. Do you think that just sort of just kind of gave him one leg up than what we saw maybe four years ago? 
Perhaps a leg up in a relationship with Senate President Don Harmon, who he worked for once upon a time. I'm not sure how much you really get from his Cook County board. That's something I think was sort of interesting. He was, you know, portrayed during the uh, election cycle and the campaign as a novice to politics um, and almost sort of embraced that newbie perspective, but holds elected office. Can't forget mm-hmm. that. So you can't really have it both ways. Uh, that said, it's not as if the Cook County board is in regular conversations. Got it. Sure, you might. Might be um, with certain legislators, but I don't know that. I think where he might be able to capitalize, though, is just again relationships and capitalizing on being a leader of the Chicago Teachers Union mm-hmm. and for the legislators who likewise have and want to have a cozy relationship with the CTU. Again, those real Chicago progressives, those who were on board with Johnson's campaign from the onset. They will be, I think, very glad to have him in office. And so it's those sort of relationships that he will really be able to work with. And you have more progressives, just as you do in the Chicago City Council, in the General Assembly this time around. So he also could be very well buoyed by that. I mean, Johnson didn't just go down there to shake hands and bump elbows. He also went down there to re-up on his campaign promises, which was to bring more money from the state to the city of Chicago. We talked about changing the school funding formula throughout the campaign, to which Johnson has said, you know, CPS is missing close to a billion dollars in funding from the state of Illinois. But he also mentioned the LGDF, the local government distributor fund, which basically is the share that cities get from sort of income tax. And back in the 2010s, that was closer to 10 percent. Now it's 6 percent. And Johnson, along with other leaders across Illinois, are saying, well, can we get that percentage back up so that more funds can come? You know, when you show up to the Capitol knocking on the door, asking for more money before you've been sworn in, you know, do you think that the those plans are likely to get traction from lawmakers. Okay, so so bear with me. I've got a, a lot of points on these things. First, I will want to mention what he didn't say, okay. and that was some of his campaign promises that were very much part of his platform that would require, I, mean, I think there are workarounds, you could go a referendum, but the other way would be to ask the General Assembly, and that is something that Governor Pritzker has already thrown cold water on, and that is the financial transaction tax. Um, so, you know, things like, like trading uh, would be, be taxed. And that's something that Pritzker says he thinks would just cause financial markets to up and leave Chicago. Mm -hmm. They can. Technology. Mayor-elect did not bring that up at all, despite that being his platform. He also didn't bring up the um, real estate transaction tax, the sort of tax on anything over a million dollars. Exactly. The sale of homes. And so we, we didn't hear that. What we did, like you said, was this ask for LGDF. And that is something that the Illinois Municipal League has been advocating for, not just this year, but yeah, since it was really done away with, I, I don't know that there will be an appetite for that. I mean, every legislator will be hearing from their local mayors, city councils to ask for that as well. So there, there is a chance that said it wasn't built into the governor's proposed budget. And something that we need to keep in mind for anything that Johnson is asking for is there are a whole lot of asks. For example, there is a coalition that really believes that Illinois needs to implement a tax credit for children. That's something that they're really trying to buttress support for. There's already some funding issues for a program that provides money for undocumented immigrants to be on Medicaid. And there's an effort to expand that to a younger group of undocumented individuals. That would cost some major buckaroos. And there is certainly a coalition that wants that. And then when you look at the education component, 
Again, Johnson talks about Chicago being short. That is up against a formula that ideally would be funded right away so that all schools would be at this particular level. The formula that Illinois now has is one that is supposed to send more money to the schools that need it most to try and make school funding more equitable. But the goal isn't to get that done until 2027 because it takes so much money to get there. So you do already have in the governor's proposed budget increased funding going toward that formula and therefore going toward Chicago schools. The way that he described it in his joint address, the mayor-elect said a revamp or a redo, something along those lines of the education funding formula. Frankly, it took years for Illinois to come up with the current and new funding formula that sends more money to these schools versus others, those that need it most. So I don't think that he's going to get a revamp. Could you see more money going toward education into mm-hmm. that formula? So there there might be more going toward education, but already baked into the proposed budget, yes, that there would be an increase. Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patient smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. Often when we talk about the relationship between Springfield and Chicago, it feels like there's a zero-sum game at play where it's Chicago versus the rest of the state. And Brandon Johnson wanted to make clear in his address that he's, you know, like mayors prior to him calling for unity, saying as, as Chicago goes, Illinois goes. Is anyone really buying that it's not? Chicago versus the rest of the state, because when we start to talk about things like taxation and development, public schools, it it feels like the that, you know, Chicago often sort of gets uh, separated out from the, the rest of Illinois. You know, there certainly can be that sentiment. Uh, A couple things there as well. So, for example, you look at both the municipality's share of the state income tax and education funding. Uh, Both of those, if they were to happen, would, as I sort of alluded to, benefit other districts as well. Particularly when you look at um, education funding, dollar-wise, yes, Chicago is missing the most, but percentage-wise, I haven't done the math, but Nuh-uh. There are definitely some small school districts that uh, would be hurting more than Chicago is in terms of per-pupil funding. Again, however, then you look at the sheer raw dollar amount, and because Chicago is bigger, duh, it is a bigger part of the budget because it's more money. So uh, I think there's that. I I do also think that you're, you're always going to have this sort of us versus them sentiment in part because that's 
how negotiations work. Uh, There has to be decisions made when it comes to a budget, who gets money, who doesn't, how much. That said, um, I do think that there is recognition, even by those that perhaps harbor some sort of frustrations with Chicago or feel neglected, those from rural areas uh, that are in southern central Illinois, um, that Chicago is necessary, that Mm -hmm. it is a driver of the economy and jobs. Uh, There was a press conference following the mayor-elect's address from some of the most far-right conservative Republicans and members of the General Assembly. And they said that they believe in Chicago. They recognize the importance of the city. They were really appalled by what Brandon Johnson had to say. They said the city right now is already lost. They said that crime is chasing people from Chicago, that that that's what the city really needs is fixes to that. And they said uh, what overtures that Johnson made were more political theater and called what he wanted to do beyond LGDF, um, beyond school funding, but some of his other agenda items, they said it was akin to a Marxist agenda and they didn't think it was possible for Chicago to go further left than Lightfoot. But lo and behold, that's how they view the Johnson administration. I do think that even those who are believers that Chicago needs to do well have a very different viewpoint of how it would be that the city would be bolstered. I mean, obviously, Chicago is not the only city in Illinois that has to contend with gun crimes, with property crimes. But when we have this conversation with lawmakers in Springfield, it feels like Chicago becomes the poster child for these crimes. But when you look at Rockford, for example, or you look at a Peoria, for example, all of our major cities are dealing with their own upticks. Do you see any change in the way that lawmakers are talking about this particular aspect of public safety? Or does it come down to the age old, that's Chicago's problem, Chicago needs to deal with it? You're certainly correct that, unfortunately, we do see crime everywhere. Um, There are some uh, gangs that are active in major cities. You see a lot of disinvestment, neglected um, communities. I lived in Springfield for some time. There most certainly are some... um, racial divides and you look at what sort of areas of the city have been uh, unfortunately neglected. Uh, There's there's a lot there. Chicago gets this attention because, of course, it's Chicago for the same reasons we talked about. It is big. It is sort of the the way that Chicago goes, the Illinois economy goes. So much is dependent on it. But you, you have people coming in, be it from a progressive point of view or a conservative one, who have really heartfelt beliefs. And are those changing? No. So you look at something like guns, and um, while I think you would have the members of the Freedom Caucus who were had this press conference bemoaning Johnson and his agenda, they would say, yes, they want crime to go down, and they believe that the solution is to be tougher on crime. That is, of course, a very different view than you would have from in terms of that approach to what Johnson and his allies would take. So I think that it is something that is beyond just the borders of Chicago. But I don't know that there is going to be a major shift in terms of the General Assembly's thinking beyond, of course, uh, advocating for dollars for things like support for crime victims, um, trauma response, anti-violence. Those are some measures that Illinois 
has put money into. If you look at a budget as a document that expresses values, Illinois has put more money into each of those and will do, again, presumably in this as yet developing budget for for the next year. I want to turn these last couple of questions towards Governor Pritzker and his agenda, uh, because he's got a few more years in office. And right now we are coming up on uh, the Illinois budget and sort of on one hand, you have Governor Pritzker touting credit upgrades and balanced budgets where his opponents say Illinois is becoming increasingly unattractive to businesses. I saw that CNBC ranked Illinois 40 for business friendly states. Is this something that Pritzker is responding to, is thinking about? Because even as we saw here in Chicago, that was one of the huge criticisms lobbied against Brandon Johnson, is that his policies seem uh, to scare away businesses, you know, with Illinois being led by Democrats from our largest city all the way down to the Capitol. How are they collaborating on either dispelling this myth or sort of working against this momentum? I think it really depends on who you talk to on that one, Jacoby. Uh, Governor Pritzker would come in and say that he had experience that has him very well in tune with what businesses need. That was what he came in as um, when he was governor, was with that business acumen. Um, You have some of the more powerful lobbyist organizations in the business community, things like chambers of commerce, retailers and such, that have to walk a fine line. Their natural allegiances would be with Republicans, except for when you have Republicans in the super minority and they can't do much. You don't really want to tick off the governor, even if you're not thrilled with what the governor and the supermajority party are up to. So they do continue to advocate and have an agenda that deals with everything from looking at um, making and, and lessening sort of some of the penalties and restrictions of Illinois' strict biometrics law to looking for increased tax credits. But the governor has looked at and touted some of the doing away with what he would call tax loopholes um, is something that helped the Illinois budget and get it on balance. So certainly Pritzker is one that says he wants to recruit businesses. He looks at that as a goal. And yet that is definitely not something that you hear about unless it is a speech about business during his state of the state and budget address. Is that what he talked about? Not really. But I think you would speak to Pritzker and members of his uh, echelon who would say, hey, wait, we've had some successes. And when you look at a state that has credit upgrades, when you look at a state that is welcoming to reproductive choice, when you look at all of our other missions, that makes people want to live in Illinois and to have businesses recruit here. When we talked in January, some of the big pieces of legislation that we were considering were what does the future of cash bail look like? What is the assault weapons ban going to face in and out of the courts? Are there any bills that are sort of moving through the House or the Senate now that are specific to Chicago that just might have a a disproportionate impact on Chicagoans. So, I mean, I think one that is in particular is that they've got to have figured out how the Chicago, um, how the, the new elected school board for CPS is going to work and the districts they have They've to been be designed. The public meetings for those mapping the mapping process. Exactly the mapping process. So that's something that the general assembly has to get done. The other would be, uh, of course, 
the Chicago Bears and what's going to happen with that. The notion of this sort of tax plan of freezing taxes and then having the bears pay a fee, that seems to be dead on arrival. There's a new proposal. It's consideration would, of what, like adding $3 to every yes. ticket to pay off the, the soldier field bills that are still here. Yeah. So what are the bears going to get thus far? It doesn't seem as if their lobbying efforts are particularly impressive or successful, but what does that mean for the future of the Chicago slash Arlington Heights Bears? At this point, I, I hesitate to make a prediction, but that's a big one to watch for. The last day now is scheduled for adjournment for May 19th. Will they succeed? Hard to say. What really has to happen, though, before adjournment is passage of a budget. And that really needs to be done by the end of May, because otherwise you need more votes in order to pass a budget. Again, with super majorities of Democrats, that shouldn't be a difficult hurdle, even if, say, they have to come back for a budget in vote in June. But that would make Illinois look pretty disorganized. Pritzker isn't going to want that. Again, at this point, scheduled adjournment, May 19th, but the lawmakers have just over a week or so if they bypass that deadline that they set for themselves. And we'll see if they make that that deadline and if I get to barbecue with you or something over Memorial Day, <laughs> Jacoby, or if I'll be downstate. Amanda, every single time I have a question about Springfield, you are the first person we think of. Uh, so thank you so much over the last two years for stopping by every time we need that update from the Capitol. Amanda Vinicky corresponded with WTTW in Chicago tonight. Thank you for your time on CityCast Chicago. Thank you, Jacoby. I'll see you on Memorial Day. Yes, you will. I'll be out here. Hey, if you, <laughs> my, right. mom's always barbecuing. You can pull up. Love it. Okay. You let me know. <laughs> Before I let you go, I got a little bit of news for y'all. Closing arguments in the Com AF4 trial are expected today before a federal jury decides the fate of the four former executives and lobbyists who are accused of bribing state lawmakers. The Illinois Labor Relations Board has made a preliminary ruling that overturns the COVID-19 vaccine mandate imposed on city employees in October 2021, stating that individuals who lost their job should be rehired and awarded back pay. Attorney General Kwame Raul is calling on Kia and Hyundai to recall vehicles that are vulnerable to car theft as more than 7,000 were stolen in the city just last year. And some good news to get you through. WWE's Monday Night Raw is back live in Chicago tonight at the Allstate Arena. It's the final Raw before the WWE brand draft, so I'm sure it'll be a fun one. I might have to go down there to just check it out live in person, you know, and report back. As always, we appreciate you for listening. Subscribe to our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago, at chicago.citycast.fm. I'm going to talk to you bright and early tomorrow. Peace. <laughs>